0: DJ and PK, it's 975 and 1280 the zone. We're joined now by BYU wide receiver Samson Nakua. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their save now, pay later promotion, and do your part while save, by saving water while saving money. Check out Best Estate Award winner, Smart Rain, at smartrain.net. Samson, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Good. What is the emotion, getting back in the win column? Relief? Happiness? You're fired up for a win streak to close the season? What is, what is the mood?
1: Yeah, it just feels good to get back on track. Um, we had a big plan this season, and, uh, I mean, we fell off a little bit, but it feels good to get back where we know we can uh, win and get back on our feet and just uh, get things rolling again. Um, we're feeling good, and uh, just ready to keep it going.
2: So with your experience playing at the University of Utah, which is known for great running backs, you can speak to this, I think, because you've been on the teams with great running backs, NFL running backs, and then we see the Bull, Tyler Algier, just steamroll everybody, particularly last Saturday. How does he compare with some of the great running backs that you've been teammates with?
1: Um, He's definitely up there. Um, I put him um, up there definitely with Zach Moss um... Zach Moss, I got to witness live, and he was definitely one of the best running backs I've seen. And uh, to come here and see what Kyle Deer has been doing has been—it's um, it, just another. It's like a movie, it's like a video game. What this kid does, um, it's unbelievable. His work ethic, and then it just shows up on game day, and um, it all pays off for him. And it's honestly such a cool thing to see um, him killing it. And uh, I don't know, it just—he's um, definitely up there with Zach Moss, I put it.
0: With the the big backs like that do you do you hear the collisions on the field I mean does it sound yes. different?
1: Yes you could hear when he runs over some of the guys squealing from underneath you can hear the pads hitting and then someone underneath tides like <laughs> just like crumpling underneath him I and mean, it's so funny to hear it.
2: <laughs> How weird was it play a team that had gone through that experience with losing half their coaching staff in the manner in which they did?
1: Um, it was definitely a, a weird experience. It was definitely weird throughout the week because we didn't know what was happening. There were so many stories that the game could have been canceled or uh, the team could have gone strike or something. But we went out there, and um, they actually came out and played one of their best games of the season. It, it looked like um, they were doing really good. They came out and played with some heart. Um, we fighting the whole game, and uh, it just we came out with a little more heart, and we wanted a little more than them.
0: So you've played with really good uh, running backs, and now you're seeing a really good season from a receiver. Your brother is going nuts, but it looked like they were all sorts of focused on whatever happens, this guy doesn't beat us. Now it turns out other players did beat them, but they weren't going to let this guy beat them. We can't always see what's happening downfield on TV. Sometimes they show us a replay or whatever. Uh, How was their secondary different than maybe what you guys had seen
1: all year? Um, I think they're the biggest secondary we, we've gone against. Um, the corners were definitely a lot longer and a lot lengthier. Uh, lengthier. Um, but other than that, um, I think it was just like almost any other team, any other corners and secondary we played. Um, I think we could have attacked them a little more to, you know, help tie out a little bit. But shoot, we made it work and uh, we got the dub. Honestly.
2: So the school now has beaten four power five teams, which I think is a record in the BYU uh, era as an independent playing these number of power five teams. What does it mean to your football
1: team to be able to do that? Um, I think it means a lot to the program and to the university. Um, we've been independent for so long now, and you know a lot of people don't see us as being a power school. Um, probably just you know, see us as a T2 or something, but to come out this year and... Uh, Put a spanking on a Power Five schools. Going four zero against them right now, and um, it feels good. It shows everyone that last year was not a fluke. That we can not really hang with anyone when we come out and play our best game, and when everyone's locked in and focused. And uh, it, it just shows that we can. We're ready for the Big Twelve.
0: Well, it's not—it's four zero against the Pac-12, but it's four and one against the Power Five teams because of uh, the Baylor loss. Yeah. Are, are oh, you good? Right. <laughs> are you really good as a group at putting that behind you, or does it linger and sting even though you go on and beat Washington State?
1: Um, I think we did really good of letting go of the past two games, and I just really focusing on now uh, Washington State. But uh, I think there's still more we got to improve on. Um, I think going into Week Nine, we still have yet to play our best ball as a as a team and so it's nice to know that we haven't played our best ball but it's like now it's time to turn it on it's taking a bit but it's time to you know come to this next game and show everyone that we can play a lot better than what we've been playing
2: how much have you noticed the byu fans out on the road because they're known this program for having fans no matter where they go
1: it's a home game everywhere we go i mean we you go to washington you we went to this washington state game I mean, I think there was more blue than there was red, and uh, I'm pretty sure when they were chanting Go Cougs, I'm pretty sure it was blue <laughs> chanting, and it was our fans taking over the whole stadium. And then you go down to Baylor University, too, and it's the same thing. The whole top half of the stadium and more than the back end of the stadium, too, um, is all blue. And it's literally our fans taking over stadiums. Literally, you can only hear our fans chanting BYU or Go Cougars. And it's honestly one of the most amazing things to be, to be able to go step anywhere in the world or anywhere in the States and know it's going to be a home game for you. It's awesome.
0: So you're a local guy, so you get the storyline, but has Bronco Mendenhall been gone long enough that this doesn't really resonate the way it might have if he was bringing a team here two or three years ago and there's a big group of players left? I mean, there might be a, a scattered guy or two now, but most guys didn't play for him.
1: Um i think a lot of them know coach menhall was here for a while um he did a lot of good things in his program and um i'm pretty sure know a lot of guys uh i'm pretty sure a lot of guys know he used to be here but i think it's just another game for us we don't want to look and um, bring any anything more to it than it is and uh, just look at it as another game that we got to focus on and be prepared for
2: so you're back in the ap rankings at 25 what do you think that means
1: got to keep it rolling. Uh, it means that everyone knows that we're some of the top dogs of the country and we just got to keep proving it every week. We got to come out and show everyone that we deserve to be in the top 25.
0: Have you watched much film of them? Do you know much about them right now?
1: Uh, not yet. Uh, definitely just focused a lot on Washington State, but um, today today, as soon as I uh, go get some treatment and, uh, and go hit the hot tub, so I'm going to go watch some film and get, get, a, get a jump start on these guys.
2: How much fun is the plane ride home when you win versus when you
1: lose? Oh, um, I think one of the coolest experiences with Kalani, um, is that he lets us know that it definitely hurts, but, and that we'll come back and bounce back after a loss. But, um, he lets us know that real men don't ever take the loss home with them, that we're able to let go of the loss at the moment and go home and love our family and, uh, Show them a smile and happiness, and and just let them know like this game doesn't affect us and affect the way that we treat our family. So it's honestly really cool to see a win going on the plane after win and loss because it's hard to tell whether we won or lost because coaches always wants us to be smiling and happy, and then worry about Monday when it comes and uh, we'll watch a film and uh, address what needs to be addressed.
0: But the plane's a little louder, isn't it?
1: yeah definitely a little bit louder for sure and you could definitely feel the energy more with Coach Kalani and everyone on the win. but he tries his best to make sure you know it's all the same
2: now that you've been in this program a while and you have experience because you've been in another program and you're a veteran player uh, if a recruit comes to you and says why should I come to BYU what would be your answer
1: um, I definitely say the family vibe, um, the energy that coach Kalani brings in his coaching staff. Um, I feel like as soon as you're able to step in our locker room, um, whether it's game day or if it's practice time, you can see how much fun everyone is le- legitimately having with each other. And it's genuine, genuine fun and laughter with each other. Everyone playing ping pong or making jokes together and just having a good time. And, the uh, the family environment here, it's a lot like Utah, but I think there's just something a little more special here in, uh, a little more family environment down here, and I just love it
3: what are the
0: other what has been the other big changes you've noticed in the in the program or maybe subtle changes between the two programs
1: um definitely it, uh it being a players' program down here um coach connie believing and trusting in us that we can take control and reign of this team as captains or as players and uh and lead us and um definitely after the two losses he really let it know let it be known that you know if, we ever if we believe that it's truly a player-run program, that we'll take it in our own hands and uh, talk to the team and sit the team down and be able to, uh, you know, get everyone back on track. And uh, that's what he allowed us to do. He allowed the captains and the players to step up and uh, just take control of each other and uh, hold each other accountable for those little details that people are messing up on at the little things. And uh, and it, it worked out. It came to true and uh, it helped us uh, come get this Washington State win.
2: So who's the best ping pong player then?
1: Definitely me, man. (laughs) Any one-on-one sport, I am the best. I'm like LeBron James. I cannot (laughs) lose (laughs) one-on-ones.
0: All right, man. (laughs) All right. If I could just step around all the ego and the humility, this is flooding this room. Is there anyone who's a close second?
1: Yeah, Cash Peterman is actually really nice. Um, Gunner's pretty nice too. There's actually a lot of Conover, Jacob Conover, Deadly Jaron Hall. Terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> don't don't let Jared Hall fool you. He is terrible at these park.
2: Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you would think with the hand eye as a baseball player he would be okay, but no, you're telling us otherwise.
1: No, nah, he likes to say he's good. He thinks he's good, but he can't beat me. He knows the deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> BYU wide receiver and ping pong champion Samson Dekua joining us. Samson, thanks for a few minutes this morning. Good luck against Virginia and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you guys. have a wonderful morning. The ping pong Champ I think it's a it's a title worth holding. It's a family environment. we're really close except when I'm smoking these guys. <laughs> it was uh, years
2: back I was involved in youth ball I, I told this one kid that I played uh, in the Olympics. Table tennis. He was like 10, 11 years old. And I still know him. He'll be, uh, I think he turns uh, 30 here in a couple of days. And he believed me the whole time. (laughs) 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 He really believed it. He he had passed the word that I was an Olympian in table tennis. You know, the official name. (laughs) Not this ping pong stuff. Ping
0: pong. Yeah, ping pong. Which is wow! You watch those stars play. I'm just, play. Pi- I'm just picturing you standing ten feet off the table now, just, just smacking it, just smashing just these nasty curves, <laughs> curve balls, <laughs> catching the edge of the table. At NAU,
2: I was part of a two man foosball. That now I should believe this after you told me about the last slide. Yes, you will. We, is a place called Shaky Drake's that everybody went to right off campus. You could walk to it. And it was almost exclusively an NAU place. And in fact, if, if people from town came, they were like scorned. You don't belong here. Yeah, get 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 college place. <laughs>
0: Townies versus yeah. the college
2: kids. And it was a uh, they had a foosball thing, and they, we used to have these foosball tournaments. And I would I was part of the two man team, and we would just kick the crap at everybody because my partner was an unbelievable foosball player. It was like anything and nothing that I've ever seen. Uh, he and I would just stand there. I wouldn't do a thing. So that's why you can believe it because I'm not. I'm it not, wasn't you. No. You gravy tra- oh no. You no. gravy trained the whole thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. It, it was amazing. It was like he had the ball in his literal hand, not on the foot thing of the foosball guys. And and he would he'd hit it like hundred miles an hour. Nobody. You couldn't even see it, let alone try to stop it. It was just absolutely amazing how good he was in foosball, and we would play, and I'd just stand there and have to just have my guys down back at the back end, and just kind of slide it a little bit. But yeah, it was so much fun to watch him go. Man, he'd go to town. He was just unbelievable. I mean, he was like the, he was the Tyler Algier of ping pong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To bring it back. To bring it back. (laughs) Tyler Algier, that was a massive game. That was... was As good as a performance as I've seen.
2: His power. I, you know, I still put Staley ahead of him. Um, at the collegiate level, we'll see what happens at the pro level. So I think sometimes we, when we go with this, we, we tend to look at what the guy does in the pros, and that influences it, which is it's just two different things. You know, Detmer didn't do a whole lot in the pros, but you can't take away from what he did at the collegiate level. It's just, it's drastically different. I mean, he was on a roster for 14, 15 years, so that's awesome in and of itself. But he wasn't a big-time player, but so what? At the collegiate level, he was incredible. And I don't know what Algiers going to do, but certainly it looks like he's got a spot in the NFL. And that performance, man, they just rode that man. Very rarely do you see, especially in today's game, do you see a team just ride a running back because with the throwing and all that stuff mm-hmm. that is around now. And, man, did they just ride him, offensively speaking, right to that victory. It was so impressive. I, I,
0: I would give him the week off of practice. I mean, it is. They had 69 snaps in that game. He had 32 carries and two catches. 34 of 69, it's almost 50% of the plays went to him. And at some point, you're watching State, you know what's coming. I mean, you just have no chance of stopping it. He was so good, I would give him
2: Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. they are not in the Big 12 yet, PK. But that's how good he was. Slow down. They are in the Big 12, they just haven't started yet. That's all that they are Big 12 members. They just haven't begun to play. But he was that good that sorry, Williams at Oklahoma, forget you. <laughs> you needed a late rally to beat KU, which stands for Kansas. And in my world, KU stands for Keith Urban. But Algier, so impressive. Great, great, great performance. You can't say enough about that. The durability, the power, the strength, enough
0: speed. Wow, that was incredible. 32 carries, 191 yards. Six yards pop. I pop. Hard to believe to with the, those numbers that they only ended up with 21 points. I would have looked up to the uh, press box and said, Gee, J. Rod, can you give me a break here? I'm
1: gassed.
0: <laughs> no way,
2: man.
1: <laughs>
0: Either way, you're going to be playing. I mean, you could block.
2: That's fine. No, I'll take him out. You got Mason Wake and low, 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 peeny. You got other guys?
0: Sing it. All right, DJ and PK, there it's Samson Nakua. Nick Ford will join us coming up at 8.30. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, coming up at 9.30. The question of the day is on the way. Stay with us.
3: The new Zone lineup is here. Up, with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com.
0: Hot texture Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR at 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day. People are already getting after it on Facebook and Twitter. What happened to Utah's defense against the Oregon State Beavers? Gave up 260 yards rushing, 468 yards of total offense, and 42 points. Okay, some of them came on special teams. That, term, that's a palm separate palm, problem. Palm, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but they just couldn't get stops and could not get off the field when they needed to. They had them in third and sixes, third and eights, third and tens, and Oregon State kept converting. What happened? Yeah, I was stunned. I picked him to win,
2: and I thought they were going to win comfortably. And they get off to the 14-zip start, and I'm thinking, okay, they are going to win comfortably. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is easy. It's like I thought. But a whole lot of mistakes and just couldn't make plays. Defensively, that really surprised me. And I realized Devin Lloyd went out in the second half for a good portion of it. They've got to stop with the ejections. I wish they could do something like uh, if the degree of flagrancy, if that's a word. Uh, but because it's like they treat every targeting like in golf, you can hit a one inch putt and a 350 yard drive, and they each count as they one count shot. A stroke. Yeah, <laughs> there's no difference, right? That's the crazy nature of golf. Uh, and they each count the same. Well, targeting could be just extremely cheapest shot ever versus uh, you just make a play, the kid lowers himself, you get a little lower, boom, you're gone. And not just that, you're gone for the half of the next game too, Depending, or unless it's in the first half, then you're gone for the second half. Uh, I wish they could do away with the ejection. Make him do like 50 push-ups right there and everybody <laughs> watches. <laughs> He's got to go to midfield. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. Something else, or right on the chalkboard or something, but the ejection and then the half suspension just seems so outrageous for a hit like Devin Lloyd's Uh, because, okay, you want to call and you want to give a 15-yarder, so be it. But the ejection, nobody feels good about the ejection, whereas you can just cheap shot somebody as high as possible. Once the penalty's the same. It's like a one-inch putt or a 350-yard drive. It's exact same. But I guess they couldn't put referees in the position of being judges That's and subjective. juries. Yeah. yeah because it would be crazy but
0: nevertheless I wish it could
2: so that, so that was a it, blow having him out
0: it it was but it was going poorly before him and right. it went poorly after him i don't feel like it changed the game you'd obviously rather have him than not i don't know i can't say i wonder if it's going to be more of an impact against UCLA Oregon State's number 1 in the league against the run UCLA's number two and or excuse me number one rushing the ball i got you and UCLA's number two rushing the ball well particularly uh,
2: DTR went out injured in the last series of the game and they had to bring in the freshman Garbers who is the brother of the Cal quarterback and he's just a freshman, first year freshman out of Newport Beach and he throws a pick there. Uh, you can say your con Chip Kelly said yesterday, oh, we got all the confidence. What was he going to say? Oh my gosh, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a freshman up there. I mean, Sam Darnold, didn't win when he's a freshman up here so and he had had a couple of games experience for SC at the time when he came up here. some'm expecting Garbers to come up here and beat the Utes not so much. I don't necessarily know that top uh, DTR isn't going to play. Uh, but he did get hurt and did come out and he did tweet. Yeah, I'm okay. He's okay. Yeah. But nevertheless, so but what, what does that
0: mean? Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: But can you throw the ball forty yards? Well, and you got to yeah. be able to move too. His big thing is his versatility. Not just he doesn't sit back in the pocket and just throw. If he if that's the, if that's the case, then Utah will win easily if he yeah. does that because that's not his strength. Now right? they're run so, run and then throw to mess you up. We'll have to see uh, how how it uh, plays. They may get another break like they got with Delore and from Washington State, but I was very disappointed in Utah's defensive effort in that game. One of the worst ones that I've seen. I'd like to spell it differently, but I can't.
0: The 42 yards and the 468 yards said that that was a bad performance. 42 points, yes. 42 points to 468 yards. That doesn't really leave any doubt. Uh, The Mandalorian says, well, what happened? Oregon State's offense is really good. They came in number one in Russian, and they did what they do. You knew what was coming, and you couldn't stop it. We were just talking about that with Tyler Algier.
2: That surprised me. Good for them. They're really good. Great. Still surprised me. Because Utah's been built on defense for many, many years. Stout against the run. We've heard it
0: forever. We've seen it forever. Yeah, so that still surprised me. Killer Cam here, 801, says they did the same thing BYU did to us. They punched us in the mouth and they moved us back. It's as simple as winning the line of scrimmage. Our big guys can move your big guys. Uh, same thing. That surprised me. Think it means anything for next week that this has now happened a couple of times?
2: Well, tell me who's quarterbacking first. Yeah. So until I find that out, I don't expect Utah to lose to a first-year
0: freshman quarterback who has thrown a few passes. Rob says Utah teams always get full of themselves sooner or later. <laughs> that was it? It was just ego?
2: Yeah, I mean, they went 8-1 and one in the league two years ago. Yeah. So unless you're, unless you're going to be the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, you got me. Be Alabama. Never yeah, lose. If you go undefeated at some point, I guess you could say that about every team. The funny thing is that Utah lost nothing as far as their goals. There's, I still favor them. And I saw a thing yesterday. They're still favored to win the South by like 65%. No, no one is going undefeated the rest of the way. There's no way the Devils, they're three penalties and a drop, pass, and a punt. <laughs> I mean, why, you, you, there's no way you can expect
0: them to go 8-1. So the Utes have to beat UCLA, turn it from a three-team race into a two-team race and then know that they got the tiebreaker on ASU, and ASU's going to mess up another Well,
2: game. I think Utah might, for that matter, too. I think they can mess up both. That's the thing about it.
0: Either or they this... have the tiebreaker if they're both at 7-2, and two, or which six is six point. 6-3. Ooh, Oof, what? Oof. Now you can end up with a 3 or 4. Well, I don't think you end up with a 4-way tie. I see I'll lose again. Oh, no, no. You're...
2: You have again. a tendency to overthink. Uh, either this division is highly competitive... Or extremely mediocre. It could be both. The two don't have to be exclusive. I don't. To me, they are. But if you think otherwise, that's your call. Uh, if you if you suck and you're competitive, you're going to be thought of as sucking. So if I've got a bunch of lousy teams, I don't say, "Wow, they were really competitive." So I don't think they can be both. I think we go to one or the other. By by saying it's highly competitive, that means there's some great teams battling it out. Whereas if you're mediocre and you suck, that's going to supersede competitive, even if you have a bunch of teams within one or two games of each other. And the way I look at it, Utah, Utah has a heavy advantage because the Devils have already played Colorado. And Utah still has Colorado and Arizona ahead. Sweet. If they had already played one or both, then I would favor somebody else. But since they have two gimmies there. Yeah. Arizona State's got one gimme left on their schedule. Right. And it's a rival game. Uh, I don't think it'll matter, but it is a rival game. And so that adds something. You know, you got embarrassed and you lost by 62 points or 63 points last year. So uh, that means something. I don't think it means enough by any stretch. But it is a rivalry game, as opposed to Colorado and Utah is a snooze fest uh, in terms of any passion. You, we can at least at least we've stopped with that nonsense. Nobody tries to build. That Nobody up nobody's bothering with that. No, they tried in the beginning, but no. Nobody, nobody bought it and it went away and it's a game that you're forced to play at the end of the season. What they should do, I guess they can't because everybody else is playing their rivals. It's just mix it up so you don't play Colorado. Right, but it screws
0: up another rivalry and the other
2: ones mean something. Right. So you're forced to and that was the downside uh, of that. If they went from a pure rivalry stance, they never would have brought Colorado in in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so they get, they've they got two gimmies left. So I still think it them, I could be wrong, but I think the only thing standing between them and the Rose Bowl is Oregon or Oregon State. And I'm not sold on Oregon. They're, they're okay. Won another close game. They have won a bunch of them. Dropped one of them. They're, and that was one of Brown's better games that they had there. Uh, in the Rose Bowl on Saturday. But as far as what Utah lost, hey, win the division, even if it's your worst of the three, if you should get it, so what? You're still playing one game for a trip to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to be said for this, obviously, isn't a great Utah team by any stretch. But is it good enough? Yeah, they're still to win the South, it is no doubt. And if for no other reason that the Devils are a penalty fest, they've had three games in which they've gone over double digit in double digit penalties. They lost two of them, one was against Southern Utah, so you could withstand that. Maybe it's something, uh, if they were to play Utah State or Weber, they would have it double digit. Maybe it's something about Utah.
0: Oh, really? Is that (laughs) yeah. Southern Utah, BYU, Utah.
2: Penalties, penalties, penalties. Maybe they've been upset that Brigham didn't say, let's go south. Let's, uh, this is, it could be the place where it's warmer. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it goes back to that. Why didn't we get the cred? <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's expecting them to go undefeated the rest of the way. Nobody. Zero. No one. There's not a soul on the planet, including themselves expecting them to win the rest of their games. And even if they did, the Utes could still win. Because there's nobody on their schedule the rest of the way that looks like, wow, that's going to be really, really hard. They've they got five games left. They're certainly going to win two. And the other three, they could go 3-0 and or 0 and 3 or any combo in between. They'll
0: probably go a combo. And if they go 2-1, and one, the odds of them winning are really good. Who's going to beat them? UCLA, Oregon, or Stanford? I'd, that's not <laughs> those, what I asked. Those are the three. Who's well, going to beat them? The way Oregon State ran the ball, the way UCLA runs the ball, should worry you'd fans.
2: They own UC Los Angeles. They have done very well against them. You're right. They've done very well. I think Joe Williams just ran for 15 yards this morning. <laughs> Joe Williams, <laughs> throwback. I was in the Rose Bowl that day. It was just a joke. 300 yards. Wow. 330 yeah, something, if I remember. Just kept taking off on yeah. the 50, 60, and 70 yard runs. We're expecting the Bruins to to toughen up here. It'd be the first time. <laughs> so they they've got this. And they're going to be the best of a mediocre bunch. And then will they be good enough to beat a good team? There uh, What good teams out there? Oregon State, good team. Well, they didn't last time around. I don't know that Oregon State's going to win it, so
0: I can't answer that. Oregon, I'm, good uh, team. Not great team, not top 10, although they are top 10. Is there, there only one either. great team in college football this year? It's just Georgia. Everybody else? I don't know. Cincinnati think. and Oklahoma were struggling with one-win teams. Navy and Kansas are great. They aren't even mediocre. But Cincinnati and Oklahoma struggled. Well, so you just pick out one game.
2: Well, that's two games, actually. No, each team plays one game, oh. so it's only one game, actually. I
0: mean, so I can go pick one game. Oklahoma struggled with a great. bunch of teams this year.
2: Well, Their defense sucks. <laughs> that's what they always do. Is this breaking news? I mean, I, I know. I, I don't think their defense. To Charlie
0: Brewer was all that. Against They've what? Won't... They've won twenty three sixteen and nineteen sixty. They've had offensive issues. I don't know. I'm not following Oklahoma. Who
2: cares? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I I wanted to discuss Pac twelve and the locals. I I, don't know. I mean, they, what difference does it make? Because none of our guys are going to be playing in the college playoff anyway. So that's a true story. I mean, let them go do what they do, and then so I'm, I'm I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not. I couldn't name you one guy on Oklahoma's defense uh, and I'm probably never going to be able to because they're not going to be in a Big 12 when BYU gets there but the other teams I'll be able to tell you a whole heck of a lot so certainly Oregon is capable of beating Utah twice but Utah is the same thing the vice versa so and we'll know more after Saturday night and it, because to me even if they lose Saturday night, they're still going to win the South. But winning the South when you're not good and you don't get to the Rose Bowl, it doesn't really have the same luster. Whereas when you win the South and you're a really good team and you got a shot to get to the Rose Bowl, that means something. So if they go and, suppose they lose two more games. And then lose in the conference title game. Ah. Well, then you're 7-6. Then
0: you're and six. Yeah. There's, Which there's has no, happened. <clears throat> yeah. But there's no luster compared to, hey, you were 11-1 going in and you lost to another top-10 team. Right, with an NFL quarterback. Right. right. That's a completely different vibe. Right. Or it, you lost the game, but you didn't have your quarterback, and you didn't have your running back, and your best receiver tore his ACL in the middle of the game. The football gods were against you as opposed to going in seven and five and getting beat. And you're just like, well, we're pretty average. We were the best of an average bunch. Right. So they even could, coming out of that eight and five would pretty, have pretty much the same vibe. And that could happen.
2: That very well could happen. Which, if I step back and I look at it, because I, I, I still think we have to remember, Rising is only in his fifth start. Right. And so better days. Certainly are ahead for this football program. I really believe that
0: they're going to have a lot of guys back. Yeah, I mean, they few. They're big going games. to be favored next year. I can already tell you because USC will have a new coach, and you expect ASU to have a new coach, and UCLA will be breaking in a new quarterback. It'll be Utah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because these youngsters who got the experience last year, it's like it really didn't count. It was practice experience. They weren't really playing for anything. There were no fans. There was, was no pressure. Five, it was five games and there was no crowd noise. Right. And it was, it was like they were practice games almost in a sense. You had more people at a spring game. And it didn't really count because, it, you know, once you started having two games that were postponed and then a hastily thrown together game, it's like, what are we doing here? I mean, the whole management uh, got caught up in. Putting games on TV and yeah. trying to limit the damage to the budget. Well, they were trying to save face because all the other conferences, conferences out were there, able to get the games in, and you're over here playing five games. Yeah, and they, it sounded so good, and you can get into politics, and clearly that was part of it, as everything is. And then you had to save face because, wait a second here, nobody uh, nobody died, and uh, these other teams, other conferences are playing 10, 11 games, and we're sitting over here doing nothing. So uh, it's basically last year is this
0: year. There. Still listed as freshmen. Although Kyle was hilarious. I don't even know what a true freshman is anymore. Right. There isn't. There, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I, okay. I agree with him. I agree yeah. with
2: him. But I think the stuff that we would have seen last year, if it was a we're regular season. We're still seeing season, some of it now. I think, well, I think we're seeing a lot of it. Yeah, that's You're my we are not point. seeing it in the wins, just in the losses.
0: No, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Because We're I think seeing, they yeah. got some benefits out of last year, but they did not get a full season of benefits out of last year. Number one, they didn't play a full season. Number two, what they played wasn't real. I think they got minimal. Yeah. And so they're getting it this
2: year. The point I'm making is it sets up for next season.
0: I mean, they'll lose Devin Lloyd and Britton Covey after six junior years will be free to go, too, so there'll be a handful of guys who go. But the core of the team's coming back. The overwhelming... Overwhelmingly, yeah. the core of the team. And if Rising keeps himself healthy, knock on wood, he's going to be way better next year. You would think so. You would hope so.
2: Build yeah, off of he this. will.
0: He will. There's no question about it. So, the offense in this game, as much as it's easy to dump on the running game, and that was problem number one, and certainly special teams continue to be a problem. They've now given up three touchdowns on special teams. Which is shocking games. because they were so good for so, for so long. So long, and they are not good now. That is just not good. Offensively, they were really good... And then they had issues in the red zone. The two fourth-down stops yeah, yeah. down there. We were the, the biggest reason I was wrong about the game was the numbers on Oregon State and their third-down defense, and yet on critical third downs they got it done, and then they doubled down and did it on fourth down twice, too. And it made them kick a couple field goals. Now, one of them, you know, they were playing to extend the game, so they chose to kick that one. But, but that's still a lot of yards you get down the field, and you get four more points if you punch it in the end zone. Well, on the fourth down, you get seven more. Um, so they, they left some points out there. 34 is a good number, and Kyle said, typically we win. Mm-hmm. Like Well, yeah, yeah typically yeah. you do, yeah, yeah. and you still could have won because you could have put up 45 or 49 in this game without much imagination. I guess forty-eight two touchdowns on those two fourth down stops. Yeah, I don't know. They would have won though. I mean, and you yeah, can't just not. take
2: everything that the same and do the right. whatever your t- point you're trying to make. The offense was fine. Yeah, they stumbled in the right at the goal line a couple times, which was unusual. Uh, but this is a young offense, and they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Keithy will probably be gone. I assume he would go to the NFL. Uh, and uh, the other guys, I got to check to see what grades they are. Uh, who knows? I can't remember now with last year. But this is the natural progression of where they were two years ago when they were really good, sent all those guys to the NFL. And so now they're going through some growing pains. But if you take a step back, uh, this is part of the process, and they're setting themselves up to be really good next year. So I'm fine with
0: it. But if they can go 4-1 and one in their last five, especially if they beat UCLA, then they probably win the division. Odds would be stacked way in their favor. And they'd be 8-4 oh, they going into the title game. 7-2 will get the Utes in yeah. there. And 8-4, and take it. In
2: a rebuilding season, yes. With a, And you, you get to the title game for the third time in four years,
0: yeah, run with it, man. I would take that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Nick Ford at 8.30. Blake Anderson at 9.30, the roller coaster. Next.
3: It's game week for the Cougars. When I break it down, down, down. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Miss it all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at seven with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Football Friday is presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Another weekend of college football. Another wild ride. Ups and downs emotionally all over the place. Why do we do this to ourselves? Brian says, that is an excellent philosophical question. The <laughs> answer is, I don't know. Maybe it's a microcosm of life where we have many ups and downs, but in the end, we enjoyed the ride.
2: It's unsettling to be part of this roller coaster that has been uh, the football season, even at the Aggies, with they've won a bunch of close games, crazy, you know, not clocking and hurrying and kicking a field goal and missing it badly and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm in the car during that stretch, that last stretch Mm -hmm. on Friday, and listening to Scotty. It's complete down to the 22. They're going to kick a field goal and win. That
0: was a great two-minute drive by CSU. The offense, and I know they messed up the special teams part of it beyond, but the offense, they just went right down the field. They did. Got first down, <laughs> stopped the clock. It was super efficient. Very impressive. And then all of a sudden, it's too bad you didn't get to see it. Well, maybe you saw it later. I did. Yeah. Uh, but when there's like 15, 16, 18 guys running around, I was trying to count. How many guys are on the field right now? Well, it was
2: on <laughs> Twitter within seconds. So. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, And so what his pass complete to the 22, what was left unsaid is, oh, no, they're going to get a field goal and win. Yep. It's hard to get caught up for me in those types of emotions, but I realize people do. But if you step back, we're dealing with 18 and teenagers. Mm -hmm. When do teenagers make good decisions? If they do, it's only by dumb luck. Most of them, at least the ones I've been around. Not my neighbors' kids. They've all been perfect, and it pisses me off. (laughs)
0: The the kickers over there—he's just waving guys off the field, but they're not looking at him. And then you gotta—he tries to like take a deep breath or something, calm himself down and focus, but it's too late. That thing was headed left. It was a duck. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And why is he waving people off? They should have. Actually, they should have taken. uh, Could you have taken the uh, too many men on the field, and and then give you time to regroup? Because could have spiked it. <laughs> they could
0: have done almost anything except what they did. Uh,
2: so it's funny that we get caught up, and it determines our weekend mood and our mood going into the week. It doesn't make any sense. Kids, especially this year, where everything on our part of the country has been so up and down, week to week to week, game to sometimes game to game or within a game, it has been. And If BYU would have lost that, the fans would have been crushed they didn't. They're six and two. Right, but then if they lose this week, and it, B-
0: Virginia's six and two also, yep, they are, and throwing the ball very well, four hundred yards, four hundred yards a game, number two in the country. <laughs> yeah. Right, but now BYU's B- looking. A, B- he was looking much. at somewhere between eight and four and ten and two. Well, oh, eight and four is guaranteed. Yeah. They got two gimmies.
2: Yeah, but when you're five and zero and six and two, eight and four isn't good enough. You want more. Yeah, you you may get more. You set the standard within yourselves this year, and eight and four won't be good enough for the Utes. Ironically, I think that for a program that's been better than BYU, eight and four with the South Division crown, if you call it that, will be good
0: enough. Set the stage ramp up the hopes and expectations for next year yeah and you can argue that same thing for BYU for
2: next year but because uh, I don't think Hall's going anywhere uh, and he should be but, but you know you have to worry about him game to game being available and that, that's been an issue for him for sure uh, I assume Algier would take off I don't know that but if you're a running back and they're giving you the ball 32 times there's no point getting beat up for free
0: that doesn't make any sense off to the NFL with you. Yeah. Get paid. You don't get to take that many hits. Right, exactly. Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman, has joined us at 8.30. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines next.